So what are these four types of yoga? Karma yoga, Jnana yoga, Ashtanga yoga, and Bhakti yoga. So he just gave a simple analogy of drinking water. So everyone knows how to drink water. But how yoga can connect to this simple analogy of drinking water? Let's start with Karma Yoga. So it is our karma to drink water. And karma Yoga is not just the karma perspective that people have, but it's what we do. That's called as our karma. So for our body's well-being, we need to drink water. So that comes under Karma Yoga. Uh, what comes under Jnana Yoga is why we drink water, where the water comes from and all the subtle aspects of that water. In the context of Ashtanga Yoga, which is also known as Raja Yoga in some schools, it is the, the technique of drinking water, when to drink water, when not to drink water. You should sit and drink, should not drink after meals and all those. And Bhakti Yoga is gratitude towards that water. That yes, I, I, I thank the water, the rivers, the clouds, the nature, God, whoever you want to thank. So these four aspects, he connected to just drinking water. Now imagine there are so many things that we do in our life. And if in all those things, if we connect these four aspects of jnana, which is understanding the reason behind it, karma, which is the action, ashtanga, which is the uh, discipline, and bhakti, which is gratitude. So if we apply these four things into everything that we perform, our life will be magic. Hello and welcome everyone to Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I am your host Roma Bajaj Kohli and I am taking you on a journey within. My sole intention with this podcast is to help you dive deeper into identifying your authentic self, overcoming self-doubt, fears and limitations and becoming in alignment with the best version of you. I bring in guests from diverse fields and backgrounds and we talk about self-growth, self-mastery, building meaningful relationships and doing work that feeds your soul. So welcome everyone. This is um, Anmol sir. I will not address him with his last name because he is always my sir and will always be. He is the head yoga teacher at Govardhan School of Yoga. That's where I got my yoga teacher training done. And he is just an amazing epitome of fitness, enthusiasm, and determination. Whenever um, I would see him teaching us our morning yoga classes, it was a burst of energy and enthusiasm within us he always bought a hundred percent of himself um, for us and it just enlightened us as students to have this huge energy of light and vibrancy around us all the time so my teacher is unmol but to bring him here and to share his views and his learnings and his journey with all of you is is like so humbling and such a grateful experience for me. So welcome Anmol sir and I cannot wait to dig in with you in this podcast. Thank you so much Roma for inviting me here and I'm so happy first of all to see you and even more happy to uh, have this uh, video call podcast with you and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Thank you sir. 
So first off, I would love for you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you do and where you live. What I do and where I live itself is what I always dreamt of living on the foothills of a mountain <laughs> and in a village. So yeah, that's where I live. I live in a place called as Govardhan Eco Village where we run a school called as Govardhan School of Yoga. And this place is near the Sayadri Ghats uh, on the outskirts of Mumbai. And that's where we conduct our multiple yoga courses. And you are the head teacher there. I am the head servant here. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. while I was reading your bio, sir, I read and I saw that in that you have written about that how you were exposed to fitness and sports right at a very young age. Then what inclined you from moving that from that hardcore fitness uh, person or sports person into yoga? Like what what happened that crossed the paths? For you there? Well, it was an outside to inside journey, you can call it. Uh, fitness always has been a very important aspect in my life because it has helped me a lot. Uh, since, since my childhood, I was never into studies. It's not that I was weak in that, but somehow I, my inclination was not there. So fitness just gave me a very strong path to choose with confidence, of course, with the support of my parents. They never forced me to study. And then uh, it, it, it was a fascinating experience. You can call it a crazy experience for an Indian that one of my MMA coaches told me to check out yoga. <laughs> so he said that in, in the West, all the top MMA fighters uh, practice yoga. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> in India, yoga is a very common thing. And it is considered as just... Uh, uh, everything in a way, uh, just some exercise or some stretching or some spiritual thing, some religious thing. So I had my doubts about it and I decided to jump in it and clear them. And uh, when I became more, when I go went more deeper into the studies of yoga, I felt that how much it has an impact to the internal system and not just the external system. Internal system, including the internal organs, and the subtle system, which is the mind. So these two things were, they attracted me a lot, especially its mind aspect that how uh, we can use this holistic study of yoga into making our mind much more stronger, able, and, uh, you know, much, much, much more open uh, to, you know, just, just do full justice to it. I love that how you said it's from the outside in because most of the people come to do yoga practice even to me here in United States because they want they feel that they want to improve their flexibility or they come because they want to stretch their body a little bit more which they don't get in their otherwise fitness regime. So I love how you said that you tied the link of yoga helping you make your subtle uh, body experiences stronger, the mind. for it's very hard for people in the West, especially to get this concept. And for me, when I came to Govardhan School of Yoga, those 30 days were actually the testimonial for that. I lived it. I really thought I was coming in for a retreat, leaving my kids away. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have this great time. 
yeah and um, and i thought i'm going to have this great time i'm a tired mom exhausted mom so i'm going to really enjoy this period and in the first week i saw myself catching my head many times and wondering what did i sign up for <laughs> i remember <laughs> right so i want to know that how can yoga help us how do you see yoga how do you teach yoga how do you use yoga to help you control that that subtle you know internal levels of us the mind the intelligence and etc it's a, it's a very interesting perspective actually uh, just yesterday itself i heard this beautiful analogy uh, from one of my teachers govind das he he is he is a yoga liver so actually we do yoga and he lives yoga is his life is yoga so he in such a small and eloquent way he made us understand that how all these four types of yogas can be applied in each and everything we do in our life so what are these four types of yoga karma yoga gyana yoga ashtanga yoga and bhakti yoga so he just gave a simple analogy of drinking water so everyone knows how to drink water but how yoga can connect to this simple analogy of drinking water let's start with karma yoga so it is our karma to drink water and karma yoga is not just the karma perspective that people have but it's what we do that's called as our karma so for our body is well being we need to drink water so that comes under karma yoga uh, what comes under gyana yoga is why we drink water where the water comes from and all the subtle aspects of that water in the context of ashtanga yoga which is also known as raja yoga in some schools it is the the technique of drinking water when to drink water when not to drink water you should sit and drink should not drink after meals and all those and bhakti yoga is gratitude towards that water that yes i i i thank the water the rivers the clouds the nature god whoever you want to thank so these four aspects he connected to just drinking water now imagine there are so many things that we do in our life and if in all those things if we connect these four aspects of jnana which is understanding the reason behind it karma which is the action ashtanga which is the uh, discipline and bhakti which is gratitude so if we apply these four things into everything that we perform our life will be magic so that's that's what i feel is how we can connect yoga to everything and not just some movements on the mat right so how did you bring yoga into your sports and fitness regime because i have certain students that come to me who are young kids 10 12 13 years old and they are like national or state level tennis players they do different kind of sports and they use yoga and i know that they come yoga thinking that okay this is going to be a way to stretch but they are trying to get something more out of it they know that they are not coming here just to stretch their body they they are kind of somewhere aware but unconscious of the fact that this can help me control my mind because i think that is a very uh, important technique or tool to master when you are on that playground correct well if you see all the leading sports institutes and countries uh, they all have yoga as a very important uh, aspect in their training like right from the german football team to multiple basketball players mixed martial arts players and 
all these people yoga plays a big role for me i connect two things of fitness to yoga so to begin with uh, regarding the stretching so yes it is an important aspect and uh, that is can that can be a very good beginning to to begin with to hook on hook someone on to the practice of yoga and eventually then take them deeper into its much bigger benefits it's like we have a 10 course meal so stretching is two items in the in the in the in the plate so we also have eight more so the two items is maybe their favorite but the other eight is what will really nourish their body so yes physical aspect is important and it it, it if if body is like a temple if we don't take care of it what's the point you know what what's the point of what is inside of the temple if we can't take care of the structure of the temple so that and for me i connect these two important things with fitness and yoga or any sport and yoga i myself i play a lot of sports i i i am a i hike a lot and i play a lot of contact sports like boxing and mma so all these sports and yoga two important things is one is the breath the importance of breathing properly and normally while in the zone of playing and second is the role of the mind over the body so these two things yoga can make you a champion in the, these two things holistic practice of yoga not just the asana practice so so that's how i connect uh, the yoga or asana practice uh, with with the sports people how does another thing i would like one i would love to acknowledge that how you said the body is your temple and for me especially as a woman when i had come to govardhan eco village i had just given birth to my second child and my body was so vulnerable at that point in time and i was so much into the role of being the mother and the giver that i had somewhere lost this um this value of my body is my temple so the motivation and the drive to take care of my physical emotional or mental well being was somewhere gone far back because i was suffering from still recovering i don't think i was ever in that state of being anyways before that that i would have come immediately back to it i did not have a practice like yoga as my anchor so it's it's amazing that i when i came that's what i realized was for me i saw what you mean by how yoga became a holistic yoga practice for me but i want to know that when i came back for me how did i continue doing yoga was i would keep hearing in my head your voice and aarti ma'am's voice all the time is like how many sun salutations are we doing breathe in breathe out are you breathing in through your exercises like those small little voices in my head would make me wake up every morning and become the drive of me for to to keep the practice going but i want to know that how can one stay committed to to something that when they learn from a teacher in a week you know once a week or twice a week they come and do it i did it for you for a month but how can you then have that discipline and that practice because i have always seen you as someone who's so committed and disciplined with and so much in control of your of your actions and goals in life uh, let me give out my secret to you yeah <laughs> it's going to be an anti climax <laughs> <laughs> this is what people are here for <laughs> <laughs> that's why i teach <laughs> yes uh, it is a very difficult task to stay committed uh, to 
for any practice so uh, for me personally uh, i set some, some mini goals uh, like uh, in in so and so days i need to do so and so things or i need to complete so and so rounds and all those things and uh, still sometimes that is not enough so i have a group of people who constantly so association i have a group of people who constantly keep on reminding us about why we need to do certain things why we need to practice what is the benefits of practicing regularly if not every day then alternate days if there is a lapse how to come back so this good association plays a very big role apart from yourself uh, you know if, if if you give up then what to do so these are the things setting up goals i well, that's what i do personally association and i teach so it's like a, a subtle um, you, you kind of a guilty guilty consciousness you can call it that i should not feel that oh i am teaching but i am not doing anything so and what to speak of, of yoga it's it's a very pure thing so we can't fake it and we should not fake it you know even if i am not practicing i may just go out and say i am not practicing but better not to lie about such a sacred thing so these courses that i do not necessarily you have to do a big course you can teach to your watchman also you can teach to your sister anyone in random people provided you know that they are safe to be taught so uh, this one small motive works wonders for self practice that's what i have understood so this, this this is the role of entrepreneurship in yoga because yes we can work for people but it you become a little in your comfort zone that okay i have to go 9 to 5 when you come back and you do your stuff but if you have something of your own then it keeps you more driven at least for me personally it it drives me it gives me that extra push to go out of my slightly out of my comfort zone so these three things wow i love you tell that. me what do you do so as i said initially it was your voice that would drive me but now for me it's more about my own motivation comes from my inner intuitive voice that just craves to go back there it's that after effects feeling that how do i feel when i have done it so yes there are many days i will not i will skip it i will not do it but those days i can exactly you know tell you the difference as to how much of a hard time i have going from morning to night and the days i do my practice uh, the whole day goes by like a breeze so for me it's that and like you for me it's also the teaching aspect i will never feel confident to stand as a teacher if i am not practicing what i am saying simple like i just don't feel authentic to do that so there was a time in between i was so busy teaching so many classes that i would not take out that i would be so tired i would not take out the time to do my own practice and that was the time i realized that this needs to stop and by god's grace covid hit and it stopped <laughs> and um uh, and then God's i grace <laughs> yeah yeah it is grace it was grace for me i know yeah. how i know how hard it has been for some people but yeah. it was grace for me and it came and then i realized that ah oh, this is what i was really missing 
and somehow whenever i have tried to do it when i am not practicing on myself that i don't feel that fire in my teaching like it's missing i don't feel that presence or that that value addition i don't feel that magic happening that happens when i'm doing my practice it just happens naturally to my students mm -hmm. i i love the first part in which you express that how you feel and how you miss it and what it adds value to your entire day actually this is much higher realization than me itself <laughs> No, so you like, should not call me your teacher now. You, you maybe you you surpassed. No, you will always be my. My realizations teacher. about it. I have to struggle so much in spite of taking these courses for teachers. I have to always uh, keep on uh, motivating myself. So yes, you you are my association now. So just by listening to your amazing uh, experience, it gives me more faith in in this practice. Yeah, thank you. Oh. Thank you, sir. So I want to know that how can one challenge their limits through yoga? Because most of the time, what I hear people say is, "Oh, yoga is something I can do one or two times a week." But you know, going to the gym is what I'm going to do seven times or five times or six times a week. And I want, like, a lot of people have this, uh, you know, assumption about yoga being a very light, mild, and slow practice. So I want to know from you how have you met your challenges or maximized your limitations through yoga? Mm, it's a very interesting question. So yes, so let me start with the yoga that the world knows about, which is what we do on the mat. So yes, that is itself a little challenge if people are looking for challenge, getting into some asanas which are challenging for you for your own body. that gives a sense of accomplishment when we perform it so that was the asana part then there are a lot of mind challenges available in yoga so when we come across some philosophies of yoga which we can apply in our practical life then that itself becomes a very interesting challenge it's like it's like an adventure that you go through in your own mind and uh, you have to just you know get over certain things and then the joy and the happiness you feel once you have reached that that is that is a challenge and the third and important thing is this concept of people thinking yoga just to be asana practice it is not it is not an asana practice if you see uh, when it was like uh, the 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 time of patanjali and uh, mathendra rishi these asana practices were a very in a way a very casual thing it was not something you know like now it has given it has been given this larger than life picture but it was a very normal stuff that they would do but their entire lifestyle was yoga what do i mean by that even if a person who goes to office 9 to 5 and has that that spirit of behind why is he doing that work that karma if that spirit is connected to something higher then that office work itself becomes yoga so that is a much bigger perspective of understanding much broader perspective of understanding yoga for me the way i connect to these kids especially this is with with teenage and uh, once in their 20s so they need this challenge i hardly mention anything about asana practice first thing is i take them for hikes hiking is yoga by the way 
all the rishis and munis they would meditate on mountains so all the rishis and munis were hikers right this just the term is current but they were doing it since a long time so i take them on mountains then if if there is scope i play some sports with them body movement body strengthening body nourishment that is yoga why we do it that's the spirit of yoga so i can do any other exercise keep my body fit and i can use this fit body for the welfare of the world in whatever way i want to through yogic terms or through my own understanding or through some guidance that in fact uh, i i have sometimes i go down to the level of playing video games with them <laughs> i love that yes why not i mean i am not calling video gaming as yoga now okay so <laughs> better no one should take me out of context here but that connection to them yoga means the word comes from yuj which is connection so just by connecting to them there i am doing yoga even with this insane uh, understanding of playing video games together and they become happy that uh, this is a yoga teacher and uh, playing video game with me and sometimes defeating me also so there a very strong bond is uh, you know created and that that connection is very very important for the next few steps so this is my understanding in which i think of yoga as much broader um, you know uh, activity or a lifestyle that we can perform that's that's amazing because that just speaks directly to how you said in your bio as well that you love bringing the traditional practices of the east into the modern day uh, modern yoga techniques right so that is one of your that's such a broader way of looking at yoga i don't think uh, most people traditionally who would teach it would be shocked that so say for example sage patanjali is looking at you doing yoga with uh, he'll be very happy <laughs> no so? i think he'll be very happy <laughs> so i love that i love how you have broadened the whole perspective of and just taken the meaning of yoga as connection right it's about connecting so even when i did my yoga teacher training for kids in in the us i thought this is it now i'm going to teach my kids how to do yoga and they are going to have so much fun with me because i have so many games for them and i came back thinking oh but i tried for two days three days they were not enjoying and they were like what is this dictator coming on my head all the time telling me do now do like this jump now dance like this and then i realized that no this is not why i did the training yes i did it to learn some tools and understand the wavelength but uh, i didn't do it for them for it to become a force thing for them and evolved from that day to today where i was literally forcing them into it every morning now i had realized how they like to connect so in the morning if my kids are a little bit lazy not wanting to so we will hug each other for about 10 minutes and i'll start they will start singing one of wow. the mantras that we that we speak about peace begins with me and i'll just start humming it and my daughter or my son will start saying it so we if that's what they want whatever it is they want in that moment needs to be met first before they can start moving their body and stretching and understanding that oh i need to wake up my body for my son it soon became the the practice of having a shower first thing in the morning 
and which is huge wow. which is huge for my kid who that's, would not go huge. for i agree <laughs> to go would not agree to go for bath like till night like we would be fighting putting him in the bathroom so Great. so these are very small things but for him that brings him alive that makes him awake and then when he's awake he's okay when his needs are met he's okay to do whatever everyone else is whatever i'm telling him to do so i love that that and i didn't realize this until you told me that how you play video games or play sports with them to make them feel connected that's amazing i also wanted to ask you that you studied yoga therapy you said yoga therapy and i want to know how did that benefit you personally and how studying yoga as a therapeutic practice is going to benefit any individual wow thank you for this question uh this is a very important uh, word that we should uh, understand in yoga when it comes to therapy so guess uh, i mean i i i myself knew about this uh, but when i attended the first class of the therapy course and the guruji who who has uh, his uh, therapy center is running the therapy center since last 25 years he he must be in his late uh, early 70s or something he began with this yoga is not therapy he said only uh, 5 to 10% of yoga or yogic uh, whatever asanas and cleansing all that can be used for therapy so because there is a need for that that's why this 5% has got magnified into a very big therapy but yoga therapy is much more preventive as a lifestyle rather than curative as a medicine mm-hmm. so that that was his very strong point there and uh, classes they all discussed in very much details of all the therapeutic aspects and how wonderful way yoga can also work as a medicine but their philosophy or, or their uh, principle was very strong that not to make yoga as something as like taking a pill that okay now i am i have ruined my life now i see i i go 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 to yoga of course yoga will help you there are tools there but he he gave us a very interesting understanding of uh, the lifestyle aspect of yoga rather than just considering it as a medicine so how you know when usually people hear the word therapy they either think about the therapist that they go to for mentally Correct. for psychological needs and the other therapy they think about is therapy like you said like a medicine we take so that we can cure whatever is unsettled in us so i want okay. to know that when you when he said to you when your guru ji said to you that yoga therapy is more like a lifestyle can you shine a little bit light about yeah. how did that happen for you or how can that happen for any one of us correct yeah so so what do you think when we take medicines what do the medicines do are the medicines the uh, impact that uh, heals our body or is it the body that heals itself so most of the time medicines they are mainly some something like painkillers or you know some triggers and they enable the body to heal itself most of the times mm-hmm. unless and until there is a, some surgery or some broken bone or still broken bone the medicine will only tie a, a, a plaster around but the bone will have to heal itself mm-hmm. so eventually the body is working on itself and healing itself so yoga therapy works wonders with that it makes our immune system very very strong it it in in terms of allergies i myself had this dust and hay allergy and it just just went away 
after after it takes time patience is important but it, it it does work so it makes you internally very very strong when it comes to the organs when it comes to the hormones when it comes to the glands a very big role yoga plays in activating these glands the pituitary thyroid thymus um, all the other glands so that's how it enables the body to heal itself along with some cleansing techniques are there some you know shat uh, karmas are there some specific asanas are there but these asanas are not like a pill but they enable the body to heal itself or heal the disease unless and until that disease has not reached a very critical uh, level i love that because just like you said when before i came to yoga school i used to suffer from bronchitis and dust allergies and i would fall sick almost every two to me too months. me too falling sick fever and everything yeah and now it's been over 2 years or more since i returned from gv of course it took time it didn't vanish in one go but just continuously practicing the breathing exercises so that uh, just changed my whole life and now i'm probably the strongest person in the house <laughs> with the maximum immunity <laughs> exactly so, you're preaching with uh, your uh, example and not just words Yes, so and that's practical, and that's what proof. I mean. Yeah, right. That's what I mean by this is what motivates me constantly because I have seen how much I have gotten from this practice. That there is no way I can let anything take over that. Well, that also, being said, that being said, I don't want to take away the importance of uh, the the general medicine. Uh, it has helped in a lot of ways also. Like earlier, the diagnoses were not that great, but because of these early diagnoses a lot of diseases can be prevented these days so medicine also plays so basically yoga is balance we need to apply do the needful without going extreme in any way so that that's what yoga can be applied into taking allopathic medicines also definitely i agree because my mom suffers from cardiac issues cholesterol bp diabetes so her practice of now starting to introduce some yogic techniques in her while taking all her medicines has helped her phenomenally because she has that psychological you know support that oh i'm taking these medicines so i'll be fine and now yoga has become the bonus for her right you know it's like that icing on the cake Correct. so Correct. so now there are days she'll skip her medicine and still she'll feel so good so i'm not definitely by no means ignoring science i hope she is consulting the doctor before skipping the medicines huh <laughs> so she's not like fully skipping them but like one day if she'll miss one odd medicine not the main ones she'll mm. she'll still feel good and she'll know for herself that i don't need yes, i didn't need body, that yeah. today yeah, yeah. and i also heard this i don't know if it is true for you but like recently i heard that humans are not designed to be sick or be under disease for a very long time because six somebody was telling me that every 6 week our entire uh, cell change like they are completely mm. new so new. if whatever disease i had contracted 6 weeks in that 6 week cycle should actually be gone by the time the new cycle comes in right but most of the time some of our uh, pre existing conditions that we call 
like you know migraines or uh, something as small as asthma bronchitis like all these issues cancer and even bigger issues Mm. they stay most importantly here first like they stay in our mind longer than they stay yeah longer than they stay in our body i don't know right. what is your belief around this aha uh-huh. this is a pretty controversial <laughs> topic right. but uh, if it's it's making you feel uh, better in any way uh, i think i i am for it but uh, it should not be uh, like a pseudo confident type of yeah. feeling you know so that that that's where things get dicey that's where the that, that's where we should understand the line should not get blurred there so yeah i have seen the other side of the story that a lot of people who were uh, critically sick or had these major diseases and then they took up ayurveda yoga and they completely thought that they are cured and suddenly that thing acutely became massive and they ended up paying a big price sometimes their life so yes it, it, it's it's both ways actually yeah but definitely for or that feel good factor it will make your mind much much more stronger and calmer no matter what eventually we can't stop certain diseases even big big yogis have a lot of diseases many times what separates them how they don't let that disease enter here they just let that disease be in that particular part of the body or bone or wherever it is and not enter the brain or the mind the mind not the brain yeah. right makes sense completely yes lastly i wanted to discuss with you about your compassion love and empathy towards animals and what ignites you to not be creeped out freaked out or you know scared by them because most of the people i know and even myself to a very large extent just i'm now i have a pet at home still <laughs> <laughs> yeah but now i have a pet at home but like even i remember the scene at when we were at the govardhan school of yoga and you took us to do meditation in the goshala Oh my god like i couldn't like stand i couldn't sit there and not be scared of <laughs> what that animal what the cows are going to do to me <laughs> correct <laughs> so what is it that that makes you uh, so fearless in front of like towards animals well uh, to be very honest is their contribution to my life what they have taught me since my childhood so i owe a lot to them the way i have learned so many lessons from these animals that uh, i have to reciprocate by being really really good to them being really really kind to them i mean when it comes to yoga asana practice uh, there are 8.4 million asanas in yoga by the way and mm-hmm. that is exactly the number of species which we have in this world so so closely connected yoga and animals so each and every animal has an asana behind it and not just each and every animal but each and every type of animal has an asana named for it so that plays a very very big role in uh, in teaching us uh, in giving us these life lessons which we can take from animals so that, so that the, the, their contribution to my life is massive mm. and uh, secondly uh, it is a little natural also since my childhood i was always attracted to animals and especially the creepy ones you know 
so snakes to be very honest so there is something with snakes and me that uh, whenever i see a snake uh, now this is not any any kind of you know mental training that i have given myself and all that but is, is how a magnet is pulled towards uh, iron that's how i get automatically pulled towards snakes so much that i have to i i ended up promising myself that from now onwards if there is no emergency need i will never touch a snake i have to stop myself from grabbing a snake so it it's it i don't know what some maybe some past life connection or what i have no idea <laughs> but uh, it's 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 a natural thing that i have since my childhood so one is their contribution and second is my natural inclination towards them and the reciprocation they reciprocate really well to you that gives them one extra point over humans <laughs> i totally agree i have we recently during the covid time we bought a dog in the house because my son really wanted it so um it has changed my perception towards animals and i just love how without spoken words they communicate everything to you Correct. if you just can have the focus and the attention you know to listen the awareness to listen to them so it's 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 a whole another experience now because of my puppy i think i can slowly open myself up to the other uh, you know species ah, around that now you are now you are ready for the step up yeah yeah like i feel ready now i don't feel that that difference and i think it's from got dogs a lot to, to frogs <laughs> not frogs but i can do with cows or i don't know yeah like i don't know but i just feel that he showed me my puppy showed me a way to love i didn't know that there was a way to love so deeply to even someone other than non human right it like a different depth of love was introduced to me through him so mm-hmm. that was very interesting for me and and one more important part is uh, our duty so human beings are the most advanced uh, beings on this planet it's a fact no one can take it from us so the more power we have uh, the more responsible we need to be so this should be considered as a duty to take care of the inferior ones not to exploit them because uh, what i personally very strongly believe that the exploiter is in more loss than the exploited mm. it's 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 a very important and a very tricky thing to understand that one who is exploiting eventually ends up in a much bigger loss than the one who is getting exploited so it's our duty to take care of people of animals of any beings who are because of whatever reasons inferior to us yeah okay i love that so i would love to end this conversation by asking you that you know you are this yoga teacher and so many of your students including myself see you at a such a higher pedestal okay maybe we shouldn't but like we see you there like you you have achieved a lot at a very young age because of imbibing yoga the principles of yoga and the, and you are also living at the eco village so i want to know that what were the life challenges or adversities or things like did you ever face any of those challenges of life like 
like fear of failure or fear of rejection or imposter syndrome or anxiety, depression, like these, these problems that most people face, did you ever face them before? And how did you then find yourself to shine your true nature through it? Thank you for asking this question to me. First of all, I don't consider myself as a teacher, but uh, if that's the role that I have to play, then I happily act for one month <laughs> and then I'm back. So for those who consider me as, as for those who look up to me, then they need to be with me after that month also to know my secrets of and, and know my limitations. And, uh, and the, 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 the second part, uh, the second uh, question that uh, have you faced any challenges or any kind of depression and all that? So there is one very important point that I would like to highlight here is the power of proper association and the power of seeking guidance. Our false ego does not allow us to take guidance. Please understand, having a guru doesn't mean that guru says and we do. Okay? That's not a guru. A guru empowers you to be yourself and take the important decisions of your life. And guru gives certain outline guidance and does not spoon feed you. The more important aspect of having a guru is when we are seeking guidance or when we are submissive to someone, it opens some closed doors in the brains, in, in our mind which are other ways will always remain closed. It opens a very big paradigm in, in, in our thought process. So this is seeking proper guidance. This has been the lifesaver for me. That whenever I went through any kind of issues, problems, uh, I had these very important people in my life, we can call them gurus, we can call them mentors, if guru is a very intimidating word, guides, senior friends, equal friends, just by their example, the way they live their life, just by associating with them, I have learned so many things that as of now, so far, things have been good. All the challenges have been met up to, not because of my own just my own understanding but also or mainly because of the guidance or the association i got with uh, I, I i took of these uh, some amazing people in my life that has been a major breakthrough in my life i love that i love how you said the power of association and the power of seeking guidance because i think most often than not our ego considers it so uh, un disrespectful to ask for help. Correct. And, you know, surrender ourselves or submit ourselves to someone who we can, you know, get, get guidance from. We are always so busy, especially in today's world, becoming equal or in power with everyone that somehow that uh, guru shishya relationship is missing in today's world and, and not not, necess not necessarily that guru has to be someone very you know big shot or some very uh, floating yogi maybe you know not necessarily in fact 
the guru may have less capabilities than you but just that action of seeking or being submissive or surrendering makes yourself extremely empowered and mm-hmm. that is something that only surrender can give you no other thing can give you that empowerment so that the extra arsenal it adds extra arsenal to your weaponry right i agree i mean i remember when i came to the yoga school i was like i told you i thought i was on a retreat and as soon in two days i realized this is not a retreat this is more like a military boot camp but no, we're close to a retreat <laughs> right but but it was a it was a beautiful soul enriching journey for me i just i just gave gave in at that time i didn't know the word surrender but i just gave in and i said i'm going to flow with whatever this is if it's meant to be hard then the hardness will also become effortless when when the time is right right so i just flew in that river i think of whatever it was that, that it was bringing to me and i feel that that is something most people need to be i needed to become very open in order to do that i couldn't come there with a lot of my own perceptions and limitations because then i would not be able to learn and soak how much i did so that i so i just i just wish everyone you know when i became a mom i used to say to everyone i wish all of you especially if you are a woman or a man you will experience becoming a parent it's a very beautiful experience now i wish to everyone whoever i meet and if they are actually seeking for some guidance in life i say i just wish you go for a one month residential yoga training <laughs> i really wish that's an experience <laughs> you should live <laughs> amazing <laughs> that's the success of our course yes definitely who, who apparently suffered and went back and then they are saying that no everyone should do the same Uh, is absolutely amazing definitely i mean if anyone can takes that time out for themselves to just delve into themselves will be uh, amazing <laughs> it, we call it the 2.0 version of yourself it's it's hmm. an upgrade yeah <laughs> yes and just like you said i was in the right association i had so many guide like mentors and gurus at that point in time who i could look up to and i took so many of your all of your qualities we had like four five teachers who were teaching us at that time it was it, it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life up until now so i love that so thank you so much sir i think this has been a great first start you are my first guest and um, i am so honored to happy, do this happy with you happy happy to be the first uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and it's just is yes no i i was talk I, i wanted to tell about you that i think you must be uh, one of the very few people who have done maximum courses here online and offline so i i'm yeah. so glad that a person who just came thinking about joining some retreat and ended up doing so many courses from a very uh, strict school we are not we are not easy we are not easy going we are pretty strict when it comes to certain things so this journey of yours uh, that i am following by knowing you by communicating with you sometimes here and there it has been absolutely amazing and it, this is like a testimonial for and it increases our faith 
it increases our faith that what we are doing is something which adds value and uh, the experience which we have for ourselves the transformation which we have definitely that increases our confidence but when we see that it is impacting people all over the world in such a positive way and uh, creating such difference in their lives and others lives it just uh, the most happy happiest experience to have actually i call it the yogic high yogis <laughs> also get high Uh, <laughs> oh definitely i i so agree thank you sir thank, thank you roma i really wish that this message that you shared so openly with us today would make a difference at least in one person's life who will hear this and be inspired to you know really invite these qualities in their life one person is what we look out for that's it that's it one person at a time correct yes That's It's like sniper, sniper shooting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to take a moment to appreciate the time, energy, and effort that you have put into growing and becoming the best version of you. I am deeply grateful and forever indebted to serve you with the best of my abilities. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review here. It will really help me and help those around you if you share this podcast with others. If in any way this podcast has inspired you, I hope and wish that you will share this with your friends and families all across social media. I would love to leave you with one last quote that is my favorite and that is from the Bhagavad Gita and it says that you come here empty handed and you will leave empty handed what is yours today belong to someone else yesterday and will belong to someone else tomorrow we are all here to pay it forward